Hello everyone and welcome back. Um I know I haven't been posting a lot, seeming as my two last podcasts have a lot of days and weeks between them two. Is because I'm going through a lot and there is a lot on my mind. I kinda wish there wasn't as much. Hmm. <sighs> There's just so many things wrong with this world that I keep thinking about and, like, trying to help change it. It's just too consuming. When I was watching movies and realities and everything, having a big reality check, and I've somewhat come to a conclusion. Now, I know a lot of people don't like this theory, but I feel like it's something that will actually happen within a few, like, many years or maybe a century or two. But I'm really thinking that a zombie apocalypse could happen. I mean, we already know about the zombie fungus that infects ants, and then it waits for the next thing to come eat it, and then the process happens all over again. It's different than the regular zombie bites and scratches that we know, but, I mean, we're just one step closer of wiping out humanity unless the world does it first. Because a lot of people want to use recyclable stuff because our world is dying. It was dying years ago several years ago maybe before i was even born and yet now because the stats are so horrible and now that we're seeing signs of the world dying now everybody cares i think that's what hurts the most not everything revolves around you this world is our home We live here. We don't live on some other planet. We don't live on Saturn. We don't live on Jupiter. We can't live on the sun. But yet now, because our world is dying, now we want to save it. What if it's it's past the point of no return? What if we lose or break something nuclear and a zombie apocalypse happens? That would be the only solution I would see to our race surviving. Even on this planet, because when everyone is zombified and everyone's a zombie, there's nobody around to cut down trees. There's nobody around to kill all the animals. There's nobody around that's going to be able to kill them all. It's somewhat like the Ice Age. Instead of everything icing over, everything's growing. Now, I could take... It could take six seconds to cut down a tree with a chainsaw, but it takes over 60 years for a tree to grow back to its original state. And it doesn't matter of whose tree is the biggest. Those trees help us and save our lives every day. If we didn't have trees, we would pretty much just die. Trees give us oxygen. And it's is painful. Uh, there's a lot of companies out there that cut down trees for no reason, and sometimes the trees get bad and they just burn them. I know that our paper 
and our tissue and our toilet paper are made out of everything. It's made out of trees. But imagine, these trees are meant to help and save your life. Here you are blowing your nose with them, wiping your ass with them, cleaning up spills from other substances, riding all over it, crunching it up, throwing it around, ripping it apart. Not once did someone ever thank the tree that gave you the power to do this. And the worst part is that the government isn't helping. They're just saying the world's getting bad. That's already bad enough. With all the technology and a lot of kids being submerged by the technology, is killing our century. I can't tell you how many kids I can see in one day where I wasn't even their age and they have a phone. The youngest kid that I know that has a phone in full functionably use is a kid that is 11. I didn't get mine until I went on my grade 8 trip. I didn't want one. I have one now because I've become so lonely and that this world is so broken that there's no one else to talk to but you. Because everyone else in this world is either just going to die, dying faster, dying slower, or they just think they're going to be okay. Well, let's hear it. Newsflash, you're gonna die. Either way. If a zombie apocalypse happens, if cancer happens, if any other type of disease comes after you, you're gonna die either way. Your body's gonna come to its point where it's had its life, it's had its time, it has no more energy, and it doesn't have the strength to function anymore. It'll just shut down. So, in the end, you will die. And for people who are afraid of dying now, just imagine if you're afraid of dying your whole life, you'll be scared to die at the end. But know that you have no choice. And some people we cannot forgive and we cannot take. Because we can say that people on this earth have taken other people's lives when they didn't have to. It is a very horrible thing. Now, animals, of course, kill each other, but they do that to survive and to protect and to steal from each other. We do it out of anger and tiny little things. Like a story of two girls going after each other because they both wanted the same guy. Little did they know that he was also a player. So he knew several girls, not just these two. She ended up killing the one. And being locked up for it for the rest of her life. The pain that families endure when someone dies is something that should never have to be experienced. Ever. Now my family, we have three generations going. I have my grandparents, my parents, and me. And, of course, well... Sorry, I have four generations. My great-great-grandmother, who's still alive. My grandmother, my mom, and me. And she's not doing so good. She has had her lifetime. She's around 80 to 90. She's had 
a wonderful life. And I'm just, I'm so happy that she can smile still after all this time. Even after all the pain and suffering she could have went through, all the, all the arguments, all the sadness, all the depression, everything. And yet every day she still smiles. Because our past doesn't define us. It just makes it our story and tells us who we are. It just tells us what a bad time we've been through. But nobody, nobody can apologize for that. What happened, happened, and you can't go back to change it. Unless you're a time traveler, then you're probably going to be sent to Area 51. And examined and probably killed. That's why now, it's difficult to live in this generation. Because children are disobeying their parents. And then not spending time with them. And then when they're gone, then they wish they had to spend time with them. I've come to the conclusion where people aren't going to care if you're alive. They're only going to start caring once you die. Then they're going to talk about such a good person you were. Then they're going to want to talk about you and all the success you've had. Then they're going to want to talk about you and your family that you had. It doesn't matter. These people are important. We are all human beings. We are all made the same way. I don't care what race you are. Black, white, Mexican, Asian. I don't care what race you are. My body is made the exact same way as yours. We all have almost the exact same heart that beats. And that's what's mattering most. Because they always tell us to keep family and friends in our hearts. And we do. Some people do, some people don't. Some people can feel all alone. But right now, the most important thing is that all of us are human beings. We're all made the same way. Our hearts beat as one. And it doesn't matter if you didn't know me. It doesn't matter if I don't know you. If I know that there is someone out there listening to this, that's all that matters to me. Because even after I'm long gone, I know that the things I've done and that I've said have an imprint on people that I care about because I was there for them when they needed me the most. So I know that I was needed in that time of need. So to me, it doesn't matter. Like if I die tomorrow, would I be happy? Let's say I give you 24 hours to live. Do whatever you can. For me, I would spend it with family and friends because those people make me the happiest. Then, of course, there are some things I do regret. And there are things that I wish my stupid mind wouldn't have thought of and would have imagined. But when I was younger, 
I believed I was a walking human cancer. And it's not an, a real diagnosis. It's something my mind had made up when I was younger because nobody wanted to be friends with me. From kindergarten all the way up to fifth grade, I didn't have any real friends. I never had a single one. Nobody would talk to me. Nobody would play with me. I would just sit and play on my own. Why? Because I'm not going to be able to get those people to like me anymore. Even if I ever did try, what are, what are they going to think? They're going to think the same thing. She's a loser. She's pathetic. She's little. She's not as cool as we are. But I'm not that stupid little girl anymore. Because now... I know what it takes to become someone I am. I know that those girls that I've wanted to be friends with for so long are now either into drugs, probably into sex trafficking, either being a depressive dog, or either dead. No, honestly, I don't know if they're dead. But... When 5th grade rolled around and I had a good friend, I only had her for that year. We spent my birthday together, we spent her birthday together. Almost every weekend she was either at my place or I was at hers. And she's um the reason... I'd have to say I'm still alive. Because one day I had said, well, I've had enough. I don't want to be here anymore. No one cares about me. Why should I be here any longer than I have to be? So if I'm unhappy now, there's no way I'm going to be happier in the future. Everything was just so dark and gloomy that I believed that Nothing else in this world mattered. Even to that point, I was considering her a fake friend. Like, why would she make me happy? And remember, fifth grade, I don't know how old I was, but I was still very young. So I had, I had taken a bottle of Advil from home. And I uh, brought it to school. Pretty sure you can imagine what happens next. After being teased for what seemed like an hour, I'd excused myself to go to the bathroom and brought my bag with me. I had those pills in my hand. I had the sink on. I was ready. Then my... My friend came walking in. She's angry with me. She hit my hand so every pill fell on the floor so I wasn't able to grab them. I tried. She pulled me away and told me never to do that because she was afraid of losing me and that I was her, also her only friend.
and when that ever mattered. And hearing those words did change my mind for a while. A very long time. Time. Then, um... Then, uh... She told me she had to move back in with her dad out of town. And... The worst part was is that we didn't say our goodbyes. I never saw her again. She's just gone. I tried to find her on Facebook so many times. I don't even know when I finally decided to stop trying. And these were years ago. And now she's just gone. I mean, I did try to call her her phone number to see if it was still in service. And someone new picked up and I just stopped calling. And I was just left in the dark for another few years. Well, not entirely. And then once she was gone... I fell down this dark, deep hole that I was back in before. So I knew how I was feeling. And I knew that the only way for me to save myself was to not physically fight, but go through problems at school and... Stop talking, stop listening, stop working, stare at a wall, do that continuously, that they would have to send me to a different school because they wouldn't be able to handle it anymore. And it worked. I was sent to a new school. And it was okay for a while. It's still somewhat okay. Right now, it's just eh, whatever to this point. So when I'd switch schools, of course, new girl, popular group comes rolling in. And it was a group I wanted to be a part of for so long. So long. But I hated the first 10 seconds. Everyone being around me and constantly speaking, not sure who to listen to, I hated it. I hated it so much. And it was something I always wanted. It's something I wished I always liked. But in the end, I I hated it so much. I didn't understand why for the longest time, but now I do. So as these girls were talking to me, I noticed this girl standing all alone in the corner. Now, of course, there's no teachers around, so she obviously wasn't in trouble. So I asked the girls who she was, and they told me not to talk to her. First instinct, go talk to her. And you know what? I'm so happy I did, because to this day, that girl is one of my best of friends. But it gets better. After a few more days, we had met another girl, and she had became our trio. She became our third puzzle piece, and now we're complete. 
were the three best friends that anybody could ever ask for. Now there was a fourth, but she tried to destroy us all. And she didn't want us to talk to one another, and Leah finally decided that we didn't want to talk to her anymore. We still talked to her on an occasional basis, but until then, until she can succumb that she did stuff that she wasn't supposed to do, like call the cops on me, for instance, for no apparent reason and waste my entire day, well, should I say week, then I will apologize. And now, after that day, everything was amazing. We did our grade 8 trip together. We did our whole, almost whole high school together. And a few weeks ago, I got to watch my two best friends graduate. Now, of course, I have a little disability where I have to learn a bit slower. So I'm not going to graduate when I'm 18. But there is no law that says you have to graduate when you're 18. If it takes you a little longer, that's okay. Just watching my two best friends graduate was the best feeling in the world I could ever ask for. Hearing their names and them standing on the stage to receive their diploma was the most happiest moment I'll ever think of. Now, of course, it is going to be a little more harder because they're both leaving to go to university. And, of course, I'm like the mama bear. And I protect my girls with everything that I have. I can't protect them anymore. They're not little cubs anymore. I have to let them go and do what they want to do. So one is going to university a few cities over from me. The other one is another few on the other end. But everything will be okay. I know they're not gone forever. And that no matter what, I got them both a journal. And they're both the same, so it was no fighting. And I wrote a personal letter to each of them. And in the letter, I explained that I'm so happy to see you graduate to do something that I'd probably never be able to do in my life and all of the problems you have been through, but yet you're still standing. And I salute you for that. And I given them, I said, you know my phone number. I said, if anything happens to your phone or my phone, send me the details of what your postal code is so I can send you letters instead. It may take a little longer, but it'll be exactly what it needs to be. So even if you write to me every day, I will answer you every day. Because this is true friendship, ladies and gentlemen. You will have several friends going through high school, college, but the real friends stick with you until the end. Those are the people that you're going to want to talk to every day when you were a kid all the way up until like you go to college and then after that they disappear for a little while and then you reunite and then everything's all happy and go lucky. That is the best friendship I ever want to have that I always wanted to have. And to have my two best friends is the best thing I could ever ask for in the world.
I wouldn't want to have it any other way. Now, my other best friend that I'm hoping she's still alive, yes, I miss her. I do very dearly. But I know that she may be somewhere safe and that she may be out there, maybe even listening to this, but I highly doubt it. And her name is Emily. So if Emily can hear me and recognizes my voice, maybe she'll know who she's listening to. And if so, fucking DM me. <laughs> There's no other easy way to put it. But that would be somewhat my life story. Now, there are some things I did leave out because boring details. Who wants those? But sometimes that's what makes a story perfect. The little details is what makes a story perfect. I did uh, forget to mention my great-great-grandmother on my mom's side. I was really close to as a kid. And so when I got the news that she didn't make it, I was devastated. We drove down all the way to Quebec in Canada for her funeral. I just remember crying a lot, <laughs> sleeping a lot. And the um, last words I ever said to her was, uh, was I love you? And now I never say those words unless it's someone that I care about. I usually only say it to family, the ones that I care about the most, my friends, my best friends, my sister, my sisters. I don't have a sister, but I consider them my sisters. Because... I know that if she were alive today and see me now in the state I've been, she told me to wipe my tears, put a smile on, and tell everyone you love them and that you're happy. Because nobody wants to see a gloomy child. Everyone wants to see you smile. It's your best future when you're a kid. But how can you smile all the time? Your cheeks will hurt after a while, of course, but it gets painful. Because after she died, I, I closed myself off for my friends and the world. I was in my room every night, every day. I didn't leave that room from when we came back from the funeral I didn't know what else to do this when I had a feeling that she wouldn't want me to just sit in my room and cry she'd want me to go out there she'd want me to know that she's okay and that no matter where I am that she's here with me So I knew she wouldn't want me to be sad, or depressed, or angry, or feeling stupid. 
for thinking about all these stupid situations that would never happen. And overthink constantly over to every tiny little thing in my mind. She would always tell me to forget about that. Just sit down and just let it go. Because the more you hold on, the more you dread. And the more you dread, the more you feel bad. And the more you feel bad, the more depressed you get. The more depressed you get, well, I'm sure you know where the last piece goes. So I know not to be sad. And I know that she's watching me. I know that she's my guardian angel. And that no matter what, no matter what I do, she's here to support me either way. So I thank her so much. And I am really deeply broken because she's gone. But I know she's here in my heart and in my mind. That would all that matter to me now. Do I miss her voice? Hell yeah, I miss her voice. Do I miss her in general? Hell yeah, I do. But everyone's time comes to an end at one point. And all we have are memories to fulfill. That was the biggest thing of me thinking about having kids because it's a scary world to start with and a very sad world to end with. <sighs> so this podcast has been an emotional roller coaster for me. I don't know if it was for any of you. But yeah. That's part of my life. There's several parts to it. I just keep them all categorized. So. I want to somewhat know about you guys. Because to this point, I feel like I'm talking to myself. <laughs> Ugh, but it's okay. Talking to yourself it could be the best analogy ever. Like, I figure out stuff that I'd never be able to figure out if I just thought about it. Now, if I say it out loud, I'm able to think about it and able to analyze it and able to figure it out. Okay. Now I'm going to go because it is 3.12 in the morning. Feeling like an insomniac. If you don't know what that is, please Google it. I swear to God, I'm not insane. I just can't sleep. My mind's just on a roll. Okay. Well, good night or good morning wherever you are. And I hope you have an amazing day. Even if it doesn't go okay, just sit back, relax, and just let everything go for a little while. And then stand up stronger than you ever did. Okay? Good night, or good morning, guys. See you later.